The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Chris Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, and I'm rolling solo this time. Sammy B is not here with me. We had a chance to chat a little bit earlier today, so I kind of asked him a few questions, got his answer. So I have his input a little bit as we move on throughout the show, but unfortunately, he's just not here with me. So buckle up, lock in. Here we go. We are talking about the schedule and some of the interviews. I've been watching a lot of the uh, the media day stuff and watching videos of Taylor Jenkins and listening to questions and kind of trying to learn as much as I can so I can bring it to you guys. But, uh, you know, the, the schedule released and Sam and I, one of the biggest things that we were talking about is, okay, the first 13 games, there's 13 games before Jaron is expected to be back. There's been talks of Jaron coming back sometime around the MLK game, which is January 18th against uh, the Suns. I don't know why I hesitated. I knew that it was the Suns, but I just wanted to look to make sure. So that's 13 games that the Grizzlies are going to play without Jaron Jackson. And obviously you all know that Jaron is a huge part of this team. And how much is that going to affect them? Like what kind of... What kind of chemistry is this team going to have? Who is going to play that four alongside Jonas? Who's going to start? We talked a little bit about that in the last episode, and we still really don't know. Uh, Coach Jenkins, he uh, he said um, the guys at Fast Break they they posted this Fast Break Fast Break Breakfast. For some reason, I can't talk today. I apologize, but uh, he said outside of Ja Dylan and JV, he's going to try a lot of different options as starters in training camp. So there, there's four preseason games. They have two games against Minnesota at Minnesota and then two against Atlanta in Memphis. So in those four games, you may see four different starting lineups. I think once you get to the season starting, based off of what we saw from Jenkins last year, I think he's going to try and stick to the same starting lineup. So the, I, I feel like the the lineup that we see coming out – Game one at home against San Antonio is probably the lineup that we see barring any type of injuries moving forward until Jaron comes back. There's a lot of questions. Some people are like, I'll just plug BC in, you know, right? He's a four. Jaron's a four. Just plug him in at the four and go. But unfortunately, that didn't work all that well last season. BC and JV kind of play in the same lanes and it causes issues. It takes one of the biggest part, like maybe the most effective part of Brandon's game away from him and being the rim runner with JV in there. JV can shoot it from outside, but he doesn't shoot it from outside a whole lot, but you have issues with two guys kind of operating in the same area and it just did not work out the way you, you would think because Obviously, you see Brandon and what he does and and what he brought to the floor last season. He was very productive. Going to be a great part of this team moving forward, but the Brandon and JV on the floor at the same time just looked kind of sloppy. But maybe you still go with those two. Maybe you you have Ja, Dylan, Brandon, JV, and you have a guy like 
say Grayson, have Grayson play the two, move DB over to the three, and then you have two guys that can shoot to help stretch the floor so it's less crowded in there. There's a lot of different ways you can go. You got Desmond Bain that can obviously shoot. Is he going to be a guy that gets a, a look at a start early on? A lot of that's going to depend on how well he does in the training camp. And you can watch the video. You can see the chemistry with these guys just laughing, cutting up, having a good time. That's a huge positive early on. But unfortunately, we just don't know where it's going to be come game time, which is not that far away. We're four days out from the first preseason game. Camp has started and things are looking good for the Grizzlies right now. I say we, we got the, the date sometime around MLK Day on Jaron. They're not going to rush him. He may be out a little bit longer. Shortened season. You don't want to risk your future to try and rush somebody back. So Jaron will come back when he's completely healthy. And the same thing with Justice. Then the real big lineup questions. That's when they really start because you have... While those two guys are out, you're going to have guys that are probably seeing the floor that will lose a lot of minutes when those two guys come back. And how are they going to accept that? How is that going to affect the chemistry? Do guys look at the team and they're like, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes for this team and I'm going to be a team player. And if I start off with a big role, then it falls back. I'm still going to go out there and work as hard as I was to attempt to get some of those minutes back. You never really know until it happens. Dylan has had a history of not taking a, a lesser role very well. Maybe he's past that. It was a different coach. I think the way you present it makes a huge difference. I feel like maybe Dylan will do okay with that if he does eventually have to take a lesser role. I think that his best role may be in a little maybe not in a lesser role in the time of minutes played, but being a third option, I think if he, if justice comes out and he's playing well and Dylan can be kind of that, the catch and shoot or, you know, rolling off of a dribble handoff when they were doing that in the bubble, they ran a lot of dribble handoffs with JV and Dylan. And that seemed to get Dylan going really, really well in those games that they've done that, and he was knocking down shots, he was playing well, maybe that's the recipe, maybe that's what you got to do, you know, you get those, those, you know, dribble handoffs with JV to get some space for Dylan so he gets some good open looks and get him rolling. I I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, obviously. I'm just kind of speculating on what, you know, what I saw work and what I would like to see, you know, I, I like Dylan. You all know if, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. But I'm on Dylan Island. I, I like Dylan Brooks. He gets a lot of hate from this fan base. A lot of people are like, trade Dylan, get rid of Dylan. They overpaid him. I don't agree with that. I think I will guarantee you that you will not find somebody that does what he does on a night-to-night basis on a better contract than what he's on right now. You won't do it. I've I've looked 15 points a game, guarding the best player on the other team, night in and night out. There's not many guys out there that are doing that, and the ones that are doing that are getting paid significantly more than what Dylan Brooks is getting paid. So, anyway, I'm going to jump off of the Dylan Brooks thing. I don't want to go down there again and keep on drilling about how much I love Dylan 
you guys are listening. You know I said it. So we're going to move on. We're going to jump into these games, the schedule here. So, again, the, the Grizzlies preseason games, they start on Saturday, December 12th. They have two games against Minnesota. They play uh, Saturday and then Monday at Minnesota. And then they come home for two games on the 17th and the 19th against Atlanta. And then opening day is the 23rd at home against the Spurs. So this is what their schedule looks like prior to Jaron Jackson coming back. They got San Antonio, Atlanta at home. Then they go on the road to Brooklyn, Boston, Charlotte. They come back home for a a pretty good-sized homestand with L.A. back-to-back, L.A. Lakers back-to-back, Cleveland, Brooklyn. Then they travel to Cleveland, play two in Minnesota, come back home for Philly, and then it's Phoenix. So we excluding the Phoenix game, 13 games there, possibly without Jaron Jackson. And one of the things that I talked to Sam about earlier today, I'm like, okay, man, what do you think their record's going to be in those 13 games? Sam was a little more optimistic than what I am. Sam thought seven and six is where they would stand. And we were talking about it, and I was asking him, okay, who do you think they're going to beat? Who do you think is going to beat them? Like, where are you getting these wins at? And we we talked through it, and I kind of – I see where he's coming from, but I'm just not as optimistic as him. I think without Jaron, you've got got some new guys that you're going to have to get some chemistry with in the early going. Guys that are going to be rotation guys that, that were not here last year. I think, you know, Desmond Bain right off the bat is going to be a rotation guy. And I think Xavier Tillman has got what it takes to be a rotation guy early on, and especially with Jaron being out. Um, Kyle Anderson mentioned in his uh, in one of his interviews for uh, Fox Sports, he talked about, hey, you know, you've got to be able to knock down that open three. And that's not something that Kyle has done efficiently at a very high rate. He's just not a three-point shooter. So does that mean, you know, obviously toward the in the bubble, you could see that Kyle had been working on it. He knocked down some threes in the bubble games. And short offseason, maybe he's working on it and he can do it now. But if he's not, is he going to be out there playing? Does Kyle lose minutes to these guys that are capable of knocking that three down? Desmond Bain? He's more than capable of knocking that three down. Desmond Bain, last year at TCU, he shot 44% from three on six and a half attempts a game. Six six and a half attempts a game per attempts. My goodness, man. One of these days, I'll learn how to talk without flubbering all over the place. Today is obviously not that day. But 44% on six and a half attempts per game. And he shot 43% over his career. He can definitely shoot the wall. That's why I think that he's going to be a day one impact guy right in the rotation. Maybe not 25 minutes a game, but I think that he works up to that. I feel like he has a skill set. He has what it takes to be a key part of this team. Then you've also got Xavier Tillman. Jaron's a four. Xavier at 6'8". Is he going to play the four or the five? There's been a lot of talk about that. I've had some pretty good conversations with different guys about it. Some guys are like, you know, 6'8 is 6'8. You can't, you know, you can't teach that. You can't teach height. You're right, you can't. But just like I said in the last episode, there's plenty of, of undersized bigs that were excellent defenders 
even in the post, Ben Wallace, Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green, those three guys just right off the top, you can go back and look at other guys that played the the four slash five that were undersized that were successful. The NBA is speeding up, so you don't necessarily have to have a seven-footer playing the five at all times. There's more small ball lineups. And Xavier Tillman, a lot of, lot of great things in his game. Uh, LB said it. Big shout-out. He uh, He's one of our guys here at Hootball. He wrote an article on uh, Xavier Tillman and was highlighting some of his strengths, and he thought that uh, – he seems to think that Tillman was probably the steal of the draft getting him in the second round. So go check it out. We we tweeted it um, on Twitter. It's at uh, Hootball Grizz is the show. You can go back and kind of scroll through, and you'll see where we tweeted out the article that uh, that LB said it, at LB said it. Uh, he wrote it. Go check that out and read it. It's a great read, and he gives you some insight on Xavier Tillman and what he can bring to the floor for the Grizzlies. He works hard. He is an upperclassman. So he wasn't one of these one and done guys. He he was there and he worked. I'm I'm not gonna keep gassing this dude up. I think that his game will speak for itself, and I think that you guys will love him when you see what he's gonna bring to the table for this Grizzlies team. Now, let's look at Sam Sam said seven and six on these thirteen games. I'm kinda bouncing around a little bit, but I'm gonna go back to that. I think that they win four to five games in these first 13. They started off slow last year. They they were doing really well in the first half of games, and then they were awful in the third. They would compete with any team in the NBA in the first half, and then they were close to the bottom of the league in third quarter scoring, third quarter point differential. They ended up turning that around, and they played good basketball, which almost landed them in the playoffs. They were right there. One, one went away. If they figure out a way to beat Dame and Portland, they're in the playoffs. It is small things, small things, small adjustments that you have to make in order to get over that hump. Dylan Brooks was asked about it in his interview. They asked Dylan, they said, hey, do you guys have playoff expectations? Dylan Brooks says, hell yeah, we've got playoff expectations. So this team knows that the West got better, but they're coming in and they're working and they're striving for the playoffs this year. And it's most definitely not out of the question, but I think missing one of your key players in Jaron Jackson at the beginning of the season is going to be hard. He is, some may say the best, second best. Either way, wherever you want to rank him, on the Grizzlies tier, Jaron is an important part of this team and what he brings to the table, his outside shooting. He was the best shooter for the Grizzlies last year. And you're missing that defensive presence. There are so many things that you can talk about with Jaron and what he brings to the game. And they're going to be missing that. that. That's not something that's easily replaced it's going to be good to watch these young guys and see what they can do. You're also going to get a good look at some some of these guys that are probably not going to play as many, not probably, I guarantee you they're not going to play as many minutes when Jaron comes back. But this will be a time you may see guys, you know, Killian Tilly is a two-way player, and I've said it before, I'll say it a hundred times, I think this man had first-round talent, but his injuries just scared people away. He can shoot the ball, he, you know, six foot ten, shoot the ball, rebound. 
This is a guy that you can plug in. We've yet to see Jonte Porter out there. What's Jonte going to bring to the team? How well is he going to fit in? You, you got Gorgie. You know, Gorgie may be a guy that is in the rotation early on and then just kind of falls out because he's not part of the future. Or he may just be good enough that he stays in the rotation until they move him. He's not going to be a Grizzly by the end of the season. That I will guarantee you. He is not. They're going to move that contract for a young player or draft picks. There's going to be something done with Gorgie by the trade deadline 100%. So I say four to five games. I say four and nine, five and eight. Sam is at seven and six. I don't know. I wish I could be as optimistic as Sam. I hate to be a, a pessimistic person. On the, In most cases, I am an optimistic person. We talked about the bubble record last year, and both of us missed something awful. The Grizzlies did not play great in the bubble and still were right there, you know, right in the hunt, could have made the playoffs even after playing pretty bad in the bubble. So, you know, my optimism jumped out the window on that one. That's uh, I remember how they started. You know, it was probably, like I said, the first 10 or 15 games last year. They would start the game good and then come out flat in the second half and end up losing. You know, they'd be right there having to make a run, having to fight, grit, grind, get down in the mud to get back in the games. And um, it was just too little too late. They were not able to do it in a lot of those games early in the season last year. So outside of that, this is another reason that I'm slightly pessimistic about the Grizzlies being above 500 in these first 13 games without Jaron. So six of the first 13 are against playoff teams from last year. Some of these teams have improved and made changes. So let's go back. Let's look at these opponents, all right? San Antonio was not a playoff team. They're probably not going to be a playoff team again this year, but it is a Greg Popovich team. Popovich is one of the great coaches, the one of the greatest coaches ever. And so that's, that's not going to be like a steamroll easy win. I think they're pretty healthy heading into the season, so that's going to be a tough matchup. Then you got Atlanta. Atlanta was not a playoff team last year, but Atlanta made a lot of moves to attempt to get into the playoff hunt this year. I think you're going to see them improve. That's going to be a tough game in a game that the Grizzlies probably steamrolled them last year. It's not it's not such a cakewalk anymore. Brooklyn was a playoff team. <laughs> they were a playoff team and they added Kyrie and uh, KD. So, you know, you take that as what 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 it is, not saying that that game is unwinnable. Any team on any given night can beat anybody, but uh, that that's a tough matchup there. We know about Boston and what they've done. Charlotte, um, you know, drafted in the top of the draft. They got Gordon Hayward. So Charlotte has improved. I don't know if that gives them, you know, if that gets them over the hunt, hump to get them into the playoffs or not, but they're definitely improved. So, you know, the Grizzlies – out of the first five games, Charlotte may be the most winnable game for them. Not saying they can't beat any of the other guys, but the Charlotte game is probably the most winnable. And then you got the Lakers back-to-back. They should beat Cleveland. Then you have Brooklyn again, followed by Cleveland. And then you get Minnesota on a back-to-back. Minnesota brought D'Lo in, and they had the number one draft pick. I kind of touched on Anthony Edwards. I'm, 
I don't know what he's going to do for them. They're having Malik Beasley is way out in left field. He's having all sorts of problems. So what type of roster are they going to be bringing? If they're all healthy, everybody's there. Minnesota is is a tough out as well in back-to-back games. And then you have Philly, uh, new head coach, new coaching staff. It, it's um, They're still going to be – I think that they're better with Doc than uh, than what they were. So that, that one's definitely going to be a tough game. And then, then it goes into the Phoenix game. So, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Whenever I look at it, I'm like, okay – I think that they can win the San Antonio game. They can win the Atlanta game. Like, that one's on the fence. I think Atlanta's going to struggle early, and that's why I think the Grizzlies can win that game because there's a lot of new pieces, and there's a lot of guys, young guys, that had big roles last year That with uh, Gallinari and uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich going down there. You got Rondo. There's going to be some guys that kind of step back and what's that going to do to the locker room? So I think that they can – San Antonio and Atlanta and Charlotte, and then they have two against Cleveland. And those are the five that I'm looking at of, okay, I feel like they can win those games. I don't know where they're getting the other two that Sam's talking about. And, they're you know, it's not – San Antonio and Charlotte are definitely not locks. Charlotte's still young. You know, Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball – we don't know what LaMelo is going to bring to the table at the NBA level. We can talk about prospects all you want. But the fact of the matter is this. You never know how good somebody somebody is until they actually get in there and get after it. Good luck to him. I wish him well. I hope they fall flat on their face and the Grizzlies destroy him in that game. But overall, I hope that he is very successful in the NBA. I think he's the best prospect out of this draft, and we will see what the future holds. But that's it. We're, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna draw this one out any longer. There, there's no big news, you know. Been fortunate so far, not, you know, no injuries in the uh, the first part of training camp. We just have the stuff that's carrying over from last year with Justice and Jaron. So we'll keep an eye on that. If there's any updates, we will get it to you. I'm gonna come back. Uh, I talked to uh, Mr. Isaac Simpson, Isaac Simpson, and uh, I think he's gonna come back on with me Friday, and we're gonna do a little bit of a pregame. Before the Minnesota game, get uh, get Isaac's input, see what he thinks their record is going to be without Jaron, run through a few things. So we'll bring you the next show on Friday. And that's all I've got today. You can find us on Twitter. Sam is at SammyB1118. I'm at DWill2111. The show is at HoopBallGrizz. You can get the podcast anywhere that you can find them. If you're getting it from... Uh, the podcast app on iTunes. Uh, please go in, leave us a five-star review. Leave us a rating. Let us know what you like. You got questions, leave it in there. I get in there and read the reviews all the time. Um, five-star ratings really, really help us. So if you uh, listen to it, you enjoy us, please go in. Super easy. I'll walk you through it real quick just in case you've never done it. So when you go into your podcast app, you go to your library, you click on our show, when you click on our show, you scroll all the way down to the bottom, and it's got the little thing right there for you to, to click on, the five-star review. If you want to write a review, that's great. If not, if you just want to leave the five stars and leave it at that, that's fine as well. I appreciate anything that you guys can do for us. You know about our partners here at Hootball. We talk about them all the time. MyBookie.ag still running the special. MyBookie.ag promo code is Hootball. 
You can go over to Manscaped, get that lawnmower 3.0, and use a uh, promo code HOOPBALL20 for free shipping and 20% off. Go help us out. Let them know that we sent you. Thanks for listening. Grizzlies basketball is back soon. Until next time, go This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.